0: Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It the Beans. Now, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to your man, who is not only at the top of his game with his physique, but also in regards to helping other coaches build their business. Is the one and only Ollie Carson.
1: How we doing, my man? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for that lovely, lovely introduction. I don't know how much of it is true. (laughs) not a problem mate this is one an episode that um
0: i've wanted to do for a wee while but i i I knew you were a busy man but i finally bit the bullet and thought you know what i'm going to pester him um, and sent you that email there uh, a couple weeks ago so by the time this goes live and this will be in in a couple of weeks and and by that point the gym's up here in scotland might be closer to opening but it's been nice and sort of dandy for you guys down south but before we sort of get into this episode, um, for the listeners out there that perhaps have been living under a rock and don't know much about you, I would like you to give them a full rundown of who you are, your business, your history within your know, sort of bodybuilding and industry to date, and um, so yeah. they can get a really clear understanding of who you're all about.
1: Okay, cool. Um, well, I guess my history goes back as far as probably about, well, it's got to be... 12 years ago or so now is when i kind of got into the industry i was actually serving in the military at the time uh, and i had a bit of a side role as a physical training instructor in in the army so that's kind of where i got into health and fitness you know i I just become increasingly more passionate about you know performance and and at the time it was largely fitness-based goals you know it was like getting getting faster going for longer that kind of thing Um, and then i stumbled across Bodybuilding. Um, I've never been a bodybuilder. I am not cut out to be a bodybuilder. I'm like tall, lanky, bean. You're mega tall as well, but you just you just pack on size, so so I'll, I'll let you have that, that title dude. Um, but you know, I still fell in love with the process of putting on muscle, prepping for shows. Um, I love the whole digging deep for months on end on prep and and going through that sort of thing. So I kind of found bodybuilding whilst I was serving in the military as well. Um, so I did a couple of shows whilst I was serving and then got an awesome opportunity to work alongside someone that many people will know in the industry, uh, Jamie Alderton. Um, he opened his first gym or his his only gym today in Chichester on the South Coast. Um, I saw the, the, the job opportunity arise and um, I was going through a bit of a, a rough patch in my personal life at that time actually. I was going through a divorce um, right. and it was just like the perfect time for me to kind of step away from my military career which i had been doing for eight and a half nine years at that time um, and and apply for the job i got the job i moved my whole life down south to chichester to work alongside jay as a personal trainer built my my personal training business from there ended up going on my own um, opening up my own facility like a personal training facility again in chichester um, did that for a couple of years, all the while working on my online coaching business. As many people, as many people do these days, you know, you start with personal training, and you, you gradually increase your online presence if you like. Um, and then that got to a point where it was enough to sustain me. And then, you know, much like most guys and girls who PT, who, who want the, the more flexible and freedom approach of online coaching, decided to take the leap to, to full online. And then, you know, I was doing that for close to probably two years solely online. Obviously, I've been doing it all that time previously. Sure. Um, and I was getting more and more questions and inquiries and, and emails and DMs about how it is that I deliver my online coaching. I give a lot of lots of insights on my stories as to the way that I deliver programming, what the client receives, the client journey, all that kind of stuff. And it looks cool and it spikes interest. And so I was getting messages from coaches all the time. And it was like, you know what? I would love to be able to help personal trainers who just don't have a clue of how to set up a successful online coaching business uh, just help those guys and girls to actually do it for themselves sure. um, so that's where yeah. supercharged fit pro was was formed just a couple of months back officially um, and it's just skyrocketed you know it's gone really really well um, we're now investing a lot back into getting some of the best coaches in the world in to educate the other coaches so it's it's just this growing thing. Um, it's kind of happened overnight, for, for want of a better phrase. Um, but I, I absolutely love it. It's so so rewarding. You know, we as coaches, you know, we we thoroughly enjoy working with our clients. Obviously, because seeing them achieve their goals, etc., is really rewarding and fulfilling. But working with a small business owner and you know getting messages like I can afford my mortgage down payment which is like a regular occurrence at the minute for me is like yeah. it's mind blowing so absolutely loving it that's kind of like a boring introduction to me
0: yeah, I, th- I think i think more that it's not a boring introduction i think that you're a very humble guy and that you know the success that you've had within every single business venture you've done um you've done you've went all in and it's came out and and gave you more more probably than you can imagine but when i look at the sort of you said the super fit charge and um, coaches that what you're helping them do, it's just absolutely awesome and inspiring to see. And if there's any other coaches out there that are thinking about getting into PT, please go follow follow Ollie because when I was younger, I made all those mistakes. I didn't know what a brand was or what who might, what's a target audience. What's that, right? Um and, and this is something that we are going to kind of go into today. But um I, I certainly think that it's Although you've described it as, as as an overnight success, you know it comes from you know, what what strikes me is your hard work over just yeah. years, and whether that was what you learned from the military or just who that is as a person, I think it really shines through in everything that you do, but especially your content on Insta, because it's way different than what you see from from anyone else. But I think you know the success as well of you helping other coaches. It's came around in such unprecedented times. Yeah. that it really does show how much you do know your stuff and with sort of the gyms being closed for so long and this is going to be my first sort of question for you and um, it probably identified for a lot of fitness professionals like problems within their current business model so yeah. you know could you kind of tell us having worked with with some of those coaches you know what do you think any problems we, uh, we as coaches in the industry saw and maybe perhaps what did people learn from that?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think the first thing to say is, and one of the biggest conversations that I'm having with all the coaches that I start working with over the last, or I have started working with over the last few weeks and months, is they all say the same thing, like they get on the phone with me and they say, you know, this, I had a PT model, COVID hit and I had nothing prepared and I feel awful, I've lost all my income, all this kind of stuff. And you know, you can almost feel like this feeling of regret and resentment for not having something in place. But like you know you've got to keep in mind anyone who's listening to this who's maybe in a similar position like these are unprecedented times and this is something that no one was prepared for and knew was going to happen so you need to remove that feeling of you know just being down on yourself and being hard on yourself and not not being prepared for something that nobody had a clue that this was going to happen right yeah. so i think that's the first point to make like <laughs> no no one was ready for this yeah. so You kind of have to move past that as a as a feeling of regret and then the second point is like you know the question to answer your question i think the biggest eye-opener for people is that they although they were running their own small business as personal trainers or whatever they now have this feeling that they aren't in control when previously they did you know usually if you're working for a boss or you're working for a company there's always that kind of niggling feeling of you know, this could be taken from underneath me at any point, but when you're running your own business on your own terms, you feel like a level of empowerment and COVID kind of even took that away from small business owners. You know, you're in control, all of a sudden you're not in control. The government's closed the gyms, deal with it. So that's been the biggest eye opener for people. And then the natural want and desire off the back of that is to have a level of income coming in from an online capacity, because, you know, it was clear to see in the industry, that anybody who had an online service already up and running seemed to be okay throughout lockdown. Yes, we would have lost clients and there would have been some drop-off, but you know, better than being only a personal trainer and not having any business. Yeah. So that's been the biggest, that's been the biggest point, definitely, is that people want a, a second income stream through online. And I think it's um COVID has just forced a lot of people's hands. A lot of people have always considered doing online or wanted to do online or been been intrigued by it. And COVID has just forced their hands and, and forced them to take a leap now. So, I
0: mean, you're 100% right. And in that instance where coaches came to you and they've just went, you know, they went, right, Ollie, um, they've panicked. They've went, I've, I've lost that sense of control. I've not known what to do. You know, what was your advice to those guys straight away to start, jet? you know, to start an online business? Where did, where did you say to start? Because if they, if they perhaps look up to some of the most successful brands out there within the which they shouldn't do, right, but they will because we all do and I've done it before as well. They can go, oh, my God, I have a website. Oh, my God, I, I don't do articles. Oh, my God, I don't do videos or YouTube channels. So where did you say, right, this is where we start and this is where we're going? Some sort of like bulletproof three sort of strategies that they could do. What, what would you suggest?
1: Well, the, the, the fortunate news for most personal trainers or at least a lot of personal trainers who had been you know going for some time prior to COVID is that you've got the number one thing that you – not need, but will help you start an online business, which is social proof. You know, if you can show to your audience, if you can show to social media or whatever that you can get a result with a client, then that is your biggest marketing tool results. You know, that's what people are investing in at the end of the day. People get really bogged down with the modality in which they give coachings like what spreadsheets do you use? What app do you use? Is it face to face? Is it online? The reality is, is when a a customer or a client comes to you, they're buying, the outcome, they're buying the result, you know, better sex life, better body image, better health, lower risk of mortality, all those kind of things that people value very highly. They're not investing in a spreadsheet and a check-in. They're investing in you taking them from point A to point B. So the big mindset shift that I have to make with a lot of the coaches who come on board and they're starting their online coaching business from scratch is you know that you can take someone from point A to point B. Don't get bogged down with not having everything in place right now, you know. Like, and that's where supercharge comes in is because it, it essentially just fast tracks somebody who doesn't know where to start it's quite overwhelming how do I deliver programming how do I check in how do I, how do I set up an onboarding system all of those different technicalities of online coaching which can be quite complex if you want to do it well it gets overwhelming it's like paralysis by analysis isn't it you know, there's so much to do that you end up doing nothing yeah. but then the fundamental thing that I had to get through to people is you can get a result with people and the modality in which you get there doesn't really matter.
0: Mate, I'm so glad you said that in regards to just starting up because I think that that's something that it doesn't ever go away. Not not for so, even mm. someone that that I've been in the industry for so for so long thinking, right? You know, what's my formatting like on that Excel spreadsheet? Is that mm. like does that look the fresh? Does that look the part? And then literally just as you said, it took me a few days to be like. What the fuck does it matter? You can still get people fucking shredded fucking shredded. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm so glad that you've kind of said that simple is the way forward because Mm. I I work with some coaches, most that have been around for a wee while, but I'll be honest with you, I I I never really take anyone on board who starts up a personal training business. I'll often say, Listen, you can ask me and I'll give you advice, but go to someone like yourself, a business Mm. mentor. So I hope that the coaches out there listening or the aspiring coaches have just felt like a kind of a weight lifted off their shoulders because, you know, if there is an established coach out there, let's face it, their checking sheets, they look the part. Their business, mm-hmm. it looks the part. Just mm-hmm. like, you know, when you go into Instagram, it looks the business. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's here, then everywhere. But I guess it reduces that sense of overwhelm if they know they can take them from point A to point B. And again, I suppose that, that takes us on to if we're thinking about simplistic terms you know, and some, you know, lockdown maybe has inspired some people to start up a coaching business, you know, from your experience, your work with others, everything that you've been doing through the Supercharged, uh, Superfit program, um, you know, what would be the three, three, three key areas do you think they should focus on? I know that there's so many areas, but if there was just, just someone out there who's got pen and paper, they're taking notes, and they just think, right, three things from this podcast to take away to start their own sort of coaching business, what, what would you suggest?
1: Well, in an ideal scenario, and it never, it rarely ever is like an ideal scenario, you know, you have people coming to you in all sorts of predicaments and scenarios where they're already doing things, they're doing things really badly and you're kind of changing things. But in an ideal scenario, if you're looking to start, then the number one fundamental thing that you need to have in place is, as we were just discussing, the ability to get results, you know, that's your, that's your biggest marketing tool is taking a client from point A to point B. So that will be, you know, subject to a few things, your experience, your knowledge, how much you invest back into further educating yourself, working with people. So it is a bit of a long game. You know, you're not going to be an expert coach overnight. You do need to have some skin in the game in terms of time. However, having said that, everybody has to start somewhere, right? So don't let that put you off. But what I'm saying is that's going to be your biggest tool is the ability to get a result. The second thing that I think coaches overlook massively, and you touched on it, is knowing your target audience or your avatar, you know, knowing who it is that A, you ultimately want to work with, uh, B, how you help them and how, and how you market to them. I think there's a lot of business buzzwords that um, coaches are afraid to talk about or think about or consider because it just seems a bit sleazy or money-orientated. At the end of the day, you're a small business owner, And so the principles of running a business apply to you whether you like it or not. And that includes generating leads, which is going to be down to your marketing, making sales. You even say the word sales to a personal trainer or an online coach and they quiver, you know, it's like a dirty word, but you know, if you're not generating leads, if people aren't inquiring with you and you're not making sales, then you have no clients. So whether or not you like the words, it doesn't really matter. It it matters for your business. Um, and, even if you're not money orientated and you just want to have more impact on people and help more people, then you need to give a fuck about those things. They are important. Mm -hmm. So knowing your target audience is massive for that because what I see far too often is people not really clear on who it is that they want to work with and, and, and who they work with. And their marketing is quite vague. You know, it's like they have this idea or notion that if you cast your net wider and you ultimately work with more people, more different types of people, then you have a bigger catchment area and you can potentially work with more people and make more money. But the reality is, is that makes you a generalist, not a specialist. And also your content doesn't resonate with one particular person time and time again. You know, if you put a post out and it's aimed towards Sally, who's a 40-year-old overweight female who wants to get rid of her bingo wings and you you resonate with her and she's like, holy shit, this guy knows me. You know, he's talking to me. And then the next post you put out is talking to some 25-year-old jack dude who wants to get absolutely shredded for a, for a show. You're going to start confusing your audience. So being really clear on who your avatar is, is is really important as well. And then I think the final thing and the third and final thing, which is quite often overlooked, is retention. Like client retention is one of your yeah. biggest tools to have a, a thriving and flourishing business. Like your best customer is your current customer, Right. So rather than churning through people by not providing the kind of service that you should be, really double down and focus on over-delivering and and having something in place that keeps clients on board for as long as you can. And I think those three things will kind of set you up for success.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sitting there nodding along because point number two, um, I made that mistake and I think many people have. I mean, I think where where, where it stemmed from me um, was – whether you know it or not, you know, success leaves clues. So you were looking at what the successful fitness trainers were doing, thinking, right, my content needs to be like theirs. But then what I realized at the time was, I don't work with people like that. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But but at the time, you know, I was putting up, as you said, uh, talking to Sally or, or whatever, mm-hmm. it was 42, and then the next the next post was me on the hack
1: squat, giving it the fucking beans, or speaking about <laughs> yeah. steroids and that. Yeah. Sally's yeah. like, what? What yeah. <laughs> What's this hack squat? <laughs> And that's the thing is like, if you, if you don't have a clear grasp on who it is that you're ultimately marketing to and who you want to work with, then how the hell are they going to know? It? And you've you got to consider it because the type of language that you use, the pain points and the problems that you tap into in your, in your content, because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do with your, your social media content is provide value, tap into pain and problems that people face, provide a simple solution and call people to action. And going through that simple framework with your social media content will more often than not have people inquiring with you. But like you say, you know, if you're if you're marketing towards that Sally and then you've got fucking eight plates per side on a hack squat and you're like screaming your lungs out on a hack squat, it just doesn't marry up. It doesn't make sense, you know. So you do need to have a really clear idea with that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, 100%. And I didn't realize I was doing it in some, until someone like yourself told me, what a target audience was.
1: Yeah.
0: I I think that the whole, what you said about patience, I'm like, I preach that because Mm -hmm. I had a call with a a business coach a few years ago and he said, you need more time producing results, go away and do it. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, right, okay. I went and sort of knuckled down. But Mm -hmm. do you think that you see too many fitness professionals trying to just, you know, generate a a, a really successful business within the space of six months and they just can't do it? Is that what you see?
1: Yeah, definitely, man. you it, It's not necessarily seen I' them trying to do it, at, at, at least with the people that I've worked with in that area. What you tend to get is, you know, coaches will come to me and they say, like, I'm not getting as many leads as, as I would like right now. Should I be running Facebook ads and all that kind of stuff? And it's like you're doing things arse about tit, you know? Like, I'm not even going to go into things like Facebook ads, but uh, no, I'm not. I was, I was considering <laughs> going into it, but I'm not. It's just like a massive rabbit hole. But... But what I'm trying to say is, is that you know people are concerning themselves with things that ultimately aren't important for them at that point, with where they're at. And like you say, they just need more skin in the game in terms of time served and getting results with people and delivering a good service. Coaching is much like a, a snowball effect. You know, it starts off small, it rolls down the hill, it gets bigger and bigger. You know, the more social proof you accumulate, the more results you get, the more people inquire with you, the more of a, a reputation that you you build. You look at any of the best coaches in the country or on on social media or whatever who are doing incredibly well they started years ago and they just got better and better and better and better and they're just one of my favorite sayings is that people often think that success is this one grand gesture it's just one big thing event that happens it's like bang success it's not it's like the, the the culmination of tiny seemingly insignificant tasks done really well over time that that will lead to success so just keep chipping away like there's no quick fix that you are not going to run this one facebook ad that changes your business overnight it doesn't happen
0: yeah 100 and i think that your third point you said that about client retention um especially in these times uh, is so true because that's something even even with me sort of doing things now for say five six years I'll be honest, retention rates over lockdown have yeah. not been great. It's yeah. one it's one in, one out. It's one yeah. in, two out. And mm-hmm. then I start to naturally question, am I doing enough? What more do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, do I need to run a Facebook ad? Blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. To then realize that just keep fucking doing what you're doing. Yeah. As you yeah. said, I think that what coaches maybe focus on too much is getting the next client opposed to, as you you said serving mm-hmm. your current ones I, i'm sure i saw something instagram story today i think you told one of your clients to to double down on just providing an amazing service yeah and i was like it, 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 that's like maybe the best advice that they needed to hear because yeah. i've been there as well like when you go from say like 20 to 40 online clients rapidly you go whoa this is mm-hmm. this is getting quick and you and you start to you know, I, I had never really talked about sales or lead gen and all these buzzwords to get the excited. For at times I think I and mean, you I don't know what to your thoughts on this, you think that coaches just need to take a step back and be like, just coach.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So you you'd you give it phases, you know, you go through like a growth phase and a consolidation phase. So in your growth phase, you're you're focusing on pushing marketing a little bit more than you probably would. You're trying to generate leads you're making sales you're getting people into the coaching business and then in your consolidation phase that's where you double down on providing an amazing service improving your systems improving the the kind of client journey and and the overall service and you set there, and it's like a i guess it's like um you imagine a graph of or a trajectory of like improving it's up plateau up plateau but each time as an average you're going in that direction you know but if you're constantly hammering growth you're constantly hammering more clients more clients then all of your focus and energy is on marketing lead gen sales and all of your current clients are getting pissed off because you're not probably giving them the service that you, you should be so you need to go through those phases
0: i think those are some strong words that probably a lot of fitness professionals in scotland needed to hear mm. you know for, for us it's an incredibly frustrating time yeah, na- yeah, naturally simply. and there will be some coaches out there and um, that will uh, want to grow their business mm-hmm. uh, when in reality um, it, it's very hard to grow an online business with gyms shut if you're focused yeah. on just a single maybe you're busy within your city or just mm-hmm. your country and um, mm-hmm. you know scotland's only got five million people in it Um, but mm-hmm. anyway that's a that's a different that's a different story well, but
1: we, we spoke about that off air briefly, didn't we? And like yeah. you said, you know, it can be quite worrying as with retention, it could be one in, one out. And yeah. that's quite concerning. And of course it is. But going back to the whole situation that we find ourselves in, it's unprecedented times. And even if it is one in, one out, but you you feel like you're giving more value than you ever have and you're really knuckling down and doing the best that you possibly can, then understand that if you weren't doing those things, then the likelihood is it would probably be going steadily downwards. Yeah. So, although it may not be the best situation to be in, you're probably doing a very good job at staying afloat, which is kind of, that's a massive win in this in this time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, 100%. And, mate, it, it times like, I'll be honest, and this is not to do with new coaches, to do, like, with me, like, pertaining to, to me and my business, like, that's something I need to remind myself of because mm-hmm. I get frustrated with the, uh, you know, what am I not doing and overla- overanalyzing what I'm not doing. I'm kind of like, well, why have a look at what you're doing mm-hmm. and understand that, you know, as you just said, like, I, when you just put it into perspective there of, well, at least you're not still declining, I'm just like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, exactly. a, that, that's a really, really good point um, because from the outside, so many people go, like, oh, yeah, but, you know, things must be great for you. You must be, you know, this, that, and the next thing and you go, well, yeah, things are all right, but mm-hmm. they're not as good as you make out to be. We just, we're, we're knuckling down on yeah. adding value, and that comes from, I think, just, like having brand standards and building a brand and that kinda nicely leads us on to the next question because I'll be I'll be honest with you, when someone mentioned to me, you know, the word brand and personal training, I was like, That that them two don't go together, that's not a thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so many coaches out there will be like, wait, what's what's this word? So I just thought that maybe perhaps you could give a little bit of an insight um to someone, you know, about what branding is because I think some people think oh online coaching, yeah, you just post on Instagram and then you know clients get in your DMs and, and that's sick, yeah, and you get busier when in reality it's not about that. So, you know, can you talk kind of talk us through, you know, what is branding, how do we build one, etc. etc.? Yeah.
1: So, branding is something much deeper than what people originally or initially perceive it as. You know, for anyone who's heard of the word branding before, brand who kind of knows what it is, they'll say color schemes, logos, identity, but it's much deeper than that. It's your ethos, it's what you stand for, it's your morals, it's associated with either quality or not for for a lot of companies, you know, that's how deep brand is. And brand is so deeply intrinsically hardwired into us buying, that without it, you really won't be as successful as you as you want to be. So the example that I used recently on a post that I think you saw, um, which kind of sparks this conversation is like an example, and it's a, a theoretical example, but just imagine if you will, you know, you're traveling in a town or a city abroad that you've never been to. You don't speak the local language, but you need a place to stay, right? You're looking for a hotel, but you don't know where's good. You're trying to ask people, but you you can't understand what they're saying. But all of a sudden, you stumble across a Nike hotel, right? Now, Nike has absolutely jack shit to do with, you know, the hospitality industry. They probably know nothing about making a bed at all. But because it's Nike and because the brand is so strong, because it's so recognizable, because it's so intrinsically associated with good quality, damn right you would want to stay at the nike hotel you'd be like i'm staying there that's amazing right yeah. and that shows you the power of brand when you get brand right and it's not to say that as a personal trainer or a coach you're going to build a brand as big as nike i mean there are a select few people in the industry who can maybe put themselves in that playing field the joe Wixes and and those kind of big guys but even so, the, the principle still remains. You know, If you build a solid brand and you build it with a good reputation and it's instantly recognizable, it instills trust in your clients. So when you decide to launch a new program, when you decide to start up a new package or whatever it might be, and you talk about that on your social media and it's branded and people recognize it, it's instantly gonna be associated with quality and results and all the things that you want so building brand is really important and it shouldn't be neglected so yes it's color schemes and it's logos and, and fonts and all that kind of stuff but it's your ethos and it's it's what you do as a company as well
0: yeah and, and that's something that when when i got into business a little bit you know someone someone talked me through like right what's your like mission statement and i was like yeah what what the fuck's a mission statement right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i had no idea because i was like and I'm just this, just this dude, this bodybuilder, just kind of like training people and, you know, I just float about yeah. and I lift weights and that. Um, and I think that there's so many people out there that um, sometimes, I guess, during a check with a client or we'll jump on a call and I'll give them a little bit of the advice that you just said. And before mm. they're like, oh, shit, one, I just ran this 10-week plan and I've got like 20 people on. I'm like, see how easy it is. Yeah. But yeah. I think naturally, as whether it's bodybuilders or fitness professionals, coaches, Um, I think that we look at that stuff and we just go, ah, no way. But Mm -hmm. I like how you simplify it and break it down. And Mm -hmm. you you make that simple reference to, like, Nike. Mm -hmm. You know, the reference that I use, or I always say to people, where do you buy your clothes? And they might say, Nike. And I go, cool. I bet you Nike emails you every single week telling you about the discounts. And they go, yeah. I went, do you open it? No. When you buy clothes, are you going from Nike. And I'm like, cool. I'm now doing a weekly newsletter. One hundred percent. When, when before, like, and this, this was me being totally honest. I went, "Fuck doing a newsletter. Fuck, that. that's a lot of shit." Yeah. yeah. But, but I guess then when you go into these systems and understand that, it's a small like. I love what you said about how it's a small business because I was just like, "I'm a personal trainer." Mm. At the time, now I'm not a full-on coach, but that's where for many it all starts. Yeah. So, when it comes to I suppose, branding. If there was, do you think that there should be a definitive statement if someone says, you know, this is who we are and what we do or should
1: yep. it just be about, well, you know, I can, on this side and the next thing. What's your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that goes back to kind of links into your avatar as well and your target, more, your target audience, you know, as a, as a coach, whether that's personal trainer, face-to-face or online coach, you, you need to know who it is you help, how you help them and what the outcome is. You know and that needs to be quite punchy it needs to be quite catchy but it needs to be clear and concise you know like going back to that thing don't fall into the trap of being a generalist you know i'll work with any Tom. it's not to say that look if you say that your target audience is 25 to 35 year old males who want to step on a bodybuilding stage for example right if you more often than not get amazing results with that demographic then you will quickly become the kind of go-to guy for that sort of work you know people will start inquiring with you more and more frequently you're now a specialist guess what you can now also charge specialist tr- prices because you're in demand right it's not to say that you will not work with anyone outside of that demographic I think that's a lot yeah. that's a fear that people have isn't it you know yeah. it's like just because you've said that that's the type of person you work with doesn't mean if female who wants to do x y and z it doesn't mean you turn them away it just means that more often than not you're marketing and targeting that avatar
0: yeah and that's such a good point because i just came off a consult call with a, a new client and they said they maybe want to do a show or a shoot and we spoke at length the majority of the call about that and then at the end of the call they were like well Vaughn, could i still do coaching if i didn't want to do a shoot or show i was like hell yeah you can <laughs> you don't necessarily need to but um, I, I love that you said that because I hadn't even thought of, of adding that in and mm-hmm. I guess if there you know again which kind of leads us nicely to the next one is if there was we've talked about three things that we, we think coaches you know tips on coaches to do when they start online yes. if there was three things not to do perhaps mm-hmm. that you see common mistakes I know you've mentioned the not speaking to your target audience, not knowing your um, your avatar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that aside, if there was
1: there sort of like an all all two common mistakes. Three things that you see. What would they be? Uh, the number one thing that I've noticed over the last few months of running Supercharged is massively undervaluing what it is that you do, um, and I think it comes to, you know, maybe having worked with. Online coaches who maybe they've been undercharging for years or whatever, and so it's like this knock-on effect. Like it, the thing is, is I understand that it has to be specific to the individual and your experience levels, the kind of results that you've got over the years, how in demand you are, and that's why when I'm helping coaches start, we we set up their packages and their price points specific for them. It's not a one-size-fits-all thing, but more often than not, if somebody's online coaching, they are massively undercharging. And it goes back to that whole mindset shift of, you know, don't see your service or your product as a spreadsheet, a check-in, a nutritional protocol. It that's not what the client is investing in. They're investing in the outcome. They're investing in better sex life, more confidence, respect from their peers, lower risk of mortality, those things that people value massively. I've said it before, you know, when you look at it like that, and when you look at your service like that you then have the confidence to go forwards and charge accordingly. Now I'm not saying you should be ripping people off, but you know, you work out some people's daily rates for online coaching and it's coming in like two quid a day or something. It's like really, you don't think that what you do for your clients is worth more than two pounds per day. And I see it all the time. So that's the number one thing is, is not valuing what they do. So like that's a, a really quick thing to do. And I posted about this recently is write down your monthly fee for online coaching Divide it by thirty, and that's your daily rate. And then just ponder on that. You know, ask yourself: Are you happy with that? Do you think that's right? And then if it's not, do something about it because you're probably undercharging, probably undervaluing what you do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think the second thing is as well is that coaches don't really they, they don't see themselves as needing certain systems, etc., because they're not at that level yet. So it's like, do I need that yet? Because And the analogy that I like to use is kind of a cheesy saying, you've got to dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Okay. Because if the goal is for you to progress forwards, then you need to be acting accordingly. So again, I compare it to building the foundations of a house, like the better the foundations are, the more you can grow and scale, you know, but if you're kind of starting small scale, then you're going to find it really hard to spin all those plates when you do grow. Mm -hmm. So having things like a solid onboarding system, that is efficient and, and kind of does the job is really, really important. But when you take a new online coach on or they're just starting their online coaching business, you'll sometimes get the kickback or the, or the friction of, do I need that? I haven't got any clients yet or I've only got two clients, do I need that? Well, you might not need it right now, but you're going to need it. So kind of better to do it now sort of thing. So that's definitely something that I see. Uh, and then the third thing, things that coaches do wrong. I'm not sure i might have to come back to that one that's okay kind
0: of I, 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 didn't want, I, I didn't want to interrupt you on the first point but i'm sitting there nodding because it took me to have two conversations with with one who's a good friend of mine joe parish and then another yeah. one with mark Coles to start charging more yeah it was last september i was charging like 90 pounds a month for online coaching yeah. at the yeah. time i didn't think of it and honestly i mm-hmm. I we I did a podcast with Joe and I had a call with Mark and, and after it I just literally felt like they just like, just like pull my pants down and I was just embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And and, and like, I, I, what you what you even said about breaking it down into what you chart what you sort of earn every single day, yeah. um, that's that's crazy. But at this at the same time I had a, I had a fear of increasing my prices because I did not have a confidence in my brand. Yeah where Massive. that where that lack of confidence was stemming from i didn't know i was just mm-hmm. like oh well you know i'm not that guy at the top of the industry and he charges like 150 so fuck i'm i'm not because so i'm gonna charge this and it, it was probably as you said i was devaluing what i did because based yeah. on what someone else do and yeah. and that came down then to me i had no idea
1: what my values were are. and and, and you know what that's a really interesting point when you said you're comparing to other coaches but whenever that and I have this conversation with loads of the guys and girls that I work with what you've got to remember is, is when someone inquires with you when somebody reaches out and, and asks about your services they've come to you and that stands for something so they want to work with you and re- it's remembering that people by people yes they want coaching and they want they want the result but they also want to work with you whether that's because of your personality that you convey on social media, maybe it's your your morals, your ethics, whatever it is, but they've reached out and they've inquired with you. So you're already kind of ahead of the curve in that regard, but people just need a bit more self-belief, I think. And I I know that's easier said than done, but um, yeah, the value thing is massive and, and it's all too often I'll jump on a call and I'll be like, dude, why are you charging that amount of money? It's ridiculous.
0: Now, here's the thing, because I remember like, when I got told this Vaughn, this is what you should be charging, I like I'll be honest, I felt this like fear. Yes. This like yeah. oh my god, I can't like I can't tell people, I can't tell all my current clients that I'm charged that much. So is that yeah. something you see? And if so, how do you how do you work around that?
1: Massively, it's it's like a limiting belief, you know? Yeah. You especially if you've if you're somebody who's worked with other coaches, if you've had coaching yourself, There's no way that you can't make direct comparison to that coach that you've worked with. You know, what's the level of service that they gave me? How much did they charge? And then it's reflected in your price for whatever reason, but it's so, so common for you to have the fear of putting your prices up. And here's something that I want to put your mind at ease when it comes to prices. If you're somebody listening to this now and you're worried about putting your prices up and the impact that that's going to have, I'm going to tell you now that the impact is going to be nothing but positive because here's, what's happen- here's what happens when you put your price up. When you put your price up, the client that you take on board has more skin in the game. They're more financially invested. So they instantly value what they're receiving more. You know, like if somebody pays you £50 versus £200, for example, who's going to take the programming more seriously? Probably the person who's paid £200. Yeah. And that's obviously a generalisation, but usually that's, that's kind of true. The the second thing is, as well, is that when you you undercharge that way, the people don't really value you or your service as much as you would potentially like. I use the example of, let's say you go into a shop and you're looking at two things you like. You're looking at two watches, but you can't see the price of either of them. Now, you're looking at the both and you think, I like them both. They're really quite nice. You get revealed the prices. One of them is a hundred pound, and one of them is a thousand pounds. You you will instantly be more attracted to the one that's a thousand pounds. It becomes more valuable because because of a number. It's an arbitrary number, but it but it's true. Mm-hmm. And the the same is true for your coaching services. You know, like if you're jumping on a call with someone or someone's inquiring with you, and you're saying it's seventy quid a month or whatever. Why is it seventy quid a month? Why is it so cheap? You know, it's instantly smearing your your product with that price so it's just something to think about
0: yeah and and, and totally I mate. Mean, it was it was something that you know i i was in years ago in this sort of mindset of yeah you know every year i'll just i'll just add five pounds to that it doesn't even cover inflation but yeah <laughs> and, and you're absolutely right not even not even thinking about that not even mm-hmm. thinking about sort of taxes expenses right. and, and this sort of the mm-hmm. next thing and, and that's maybe where some new coaches maybe go wrong. Do you think that they, do they perhaps not, are they not focusing too much on on the numbers and the tax side of things and all that jazz? Or yeah. do you think that's something that they are, like you said, are they kind of like, oh, but I don't need that now?
1: Yeah, I, it's one of the, I've been there and done that, especially with taxes on the point of taxes, you know, irresponsible, straight out of the military where I was making a real tiny wage. all the, All the money that I took was mine. Um, to being a busy personal trainer, making lots of money, lots of cash and not putting any money aside for taxes, it happens, you know, I was an irresponsible young adult and then you get those tax bills through and it's like, what the fuck do I do now? Kind of thing. Um, so, and then you play catch up for a very long time. You know, you're constantly chasing your tail, trying to get back in the black as it were. Um, so one of the pieces of advice that I give to all of my coaches is to consider getting an account, like a business account, like Monzo. Uh, Monzo gives you the ability to set up tax pots so you can access them if you absolutely need them, but it will sim- you can set the percentage that you wanted to put aside for every transaction that comes into the account. So whether that's 20%, 30%, 40%, puts it in your tax pot. It removes the stress of you know, the tax bill coming in and you not being ready for it. Which is a massively, you know, um, overlooked part of running a business is, you know, financial, like health, looking after the finances, you know. So something like that is such a small thing, but it has such a huge impact on your sanity more than anything. <laughs> totally.
0: My, I mean, what I've always done is I've tried to remove that and just got an accountant. But yeah. understandably, when you're at the start of your coaching career might not be able to afford an accountant Mm. um, because their fees can be through the roof. Um, Now, I know time-wise we're good for time and what I wanted to say was with sort of Instagram uh, now becoming the sort of what seems to be the main platform for whether it's personal training, coaching, whatever it is, people, we know right? On Instagram, that's what we use to grow our business and pick up clients. But Mm. what I wanted to ask you and to, to perhaps give advice to other coaches out there, Do you feel that attention? Yes, of course, Instagram. But what other sort of absolute structures and systems do you think they should have in place um, in regards to building a sort of, whether it's online or one-to-one personal training, coaching, business? What what else should they focus on apart from just Instagram?
1: Just solely from like a marketing perspective or just, yeah, from a marketing perspective, something that a lot of trainers don't do that they should start doing is email marketing. So... We've actually seen recently the volatility of social media platforms. They can come and go like that. Now it looks like Instagram will be around for a while and you know, touch wood because a lot of people do rely heavily on Instagram to promote their businesses and to generate leads, right? But you know, you've seen in America most recently that TikTok has actually just been banned. And I know that sounds stupid, but over the last year or so, there have been influencers on TikTok making a salary from TikTok, and it sounds mental on the surface, but it's true, and that's been taken from underneath them. So relying on one platform as your primary and only source of marketing is probably not a good idea. So using your personal Facebook page or your business Facebook page, having an email marketing campaign is a really good idea. So you can use simple software such as Aweber or MailChimp or anything like that, create an email list, Typically, when you're setting up an email list, you need to give people something for them to want to join it. They're not going to just willingly take your marketing emails for your good health, right? So create what we call a lead magnet. That could be absolutely anything. It could be like, here is a free recipe book. If you sign up to my email list or put your name and email address in this link and I will send you my recipe book. You capture their details and you can market to them over time. I uh, highly recommend listening or reading the book, um, how to write words that sell or something like that. I'll double check and I'll let you know and you can put it in the show notes if you want to. Sure. Um, but it's a fantastic book that teaches you about copywriting, which is a really overlooked skill As from a, from a trainer's perspective. Yeah. You know, being able to write in a certain way that attracts the attention of prospects and gets them to inquire with you is a huge, invaluable asset to your business. Um, and email marketing is a great way to drum up new leads you know so you're right i would definitely say don't just solely rely on instagram email marketing facebook um you, you probably need to be doing that as well i i still remember
0: um i think it was back in 20 2016 i was at a camp down south in nottingham and i got given advice then of you should start up an email marketing list that should be your main focus and i instantly went fuck that I'm, fuck! I'm not doing that. That's bullshit. That that doesn't do anything, yep. right? Yeah. And if I'm honest, if anyone's listening, like we all, I only just started doing weekly emails, a few months ago. Hmm. Like if I'm honest, because the the growth that I saw last year into the start of the year anyway, couldn't keep up with it. All I could keep up with is was just onboarding and setting up new clients. Hmm. To then realize, okay, well, actually, you know, and then you know, along came Polly, along came COVID. Sorry. And mm-hmm. all that natural growth just halted. Yeah. And it's like, wow, well, I, I was at the time solely relying on Instagram. So then I think that what's happened made me see value in like, right, mm-hmm. let's set up a lead magnet. Let's do this. Let's do that. And um, let's look at, you know, is that lead magnet actually fucking being seen by people? How many people are opening yeah. it, like talk about open rates and stuff like that? And I went, gone are the days where it was like, right, Clients cancelled the session, let's go get coffee. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but just that's the way that that's the way like it kinda it used it used to be. So for me, and I think that for many others, well I don't know if perhaps the coaches you've worked with, it, this whole lockdown maybe perhaps has been a blessing to open our eyes to some yes. of the stuff that we should have been doing a long time ago.
1: Definitely, it's, it's, it's a kick up the arse. It's a kick up the arse for most people, for most business owners. It's not just the fitness industry, but you, you speak to any small business owner, you know, little shops, cafes, whatever. They're all like, I have been relying on this one thing. And if this happens, then I've got nothing. So it is a kick up the arse. Um, a lot of people are in the same boat. And it's not to say, And I don't want to be doom and gloom, but it's not to say that if this does happen again, if we do go into another lockdown and it's extended and all that kind of scary shit, it's not to say that online coaching is going to be the only answer and that's going to save you. But it will definitely, definitely dampen the blow to some extent, you know, if you can maintain a a decent client base online or even if you've got personal training clients, but you can keep them happy and keep their subscriptions going during the lockdown by, providing some value through an online capacity then that's obviously going to help massively as well so if you if you're still sitting on it if you're listening to this and you scraped through the first lockdown and didn't put anything in place online and you're thinking i'm out the other end now don't because it's that's just a mad thought process
0: you, you may you know what you're right because i think me as an online coach um you know i think ah the minute the gym's open we're going to boom Everything's just going to go. Whew. In reality, that's not the case, right? People will still, me, may, maybe, be hesitant to buy, or all of a sudden we're like, right, cool, the gyms are open, and then Boris is like, right, Leicester lockdown, right, cool, Manchester lockdown, and you're like, oh shit, <laughs> right, yeah. cool, this, this, Real. this isn't over, and it won't be over for uh, a hell of a long time, and and I hope that in the years to come, I only, uh, when I chatting to my grandkids or whatever, I have say this happened once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. This happened yeah. once in our lifetime, and and it didn't happen again. ever again. Yeah. Now, what I'd love to do is just to sort of summarise and, and wrap things up is if you were to just give any piece of advice. So all you you've dropped so many golden nuggets out there for coaches that are looking to start their business. But if there was anything, off off any of those topics that you can give advice on, some real advice, just just what would that be?
1: My advice would be just start because that's usually the biggest thing for people is being overwhelmed, not knowing where to start and then ultimately not doing anything. So just put one foot in front of the other. And it sounds so simple on the surface, but nine out of 10 of the conversations that I'm having with coaches who are considering coming on board supercharged start with, I know what I should do, but I just don't know where to start Just start something you know, yeah. reverse engineer it. What does the client need to receive? Training program. How am I going to deliver that? I'll do this. Start. you have got that. Next thing, you know, it sounds so I'm um, oversimplifying things. Of course I am. But the, the biggest thing that's stopping you from getting going is you, you know, so just take action one, one foot in front of the other and you'll be absolutely fine. I,
0: I like that you said that because if I look, if I look at some of the programs I delivered back at the start, can't, I mean, help can't help but can't help laugh how shit they were.
1: <laughs> that's 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 the one. That's a saying, isn't it? It's like if you're not embarrassed of the first thing that you started or the first thing that you delivered, then you started too late. You know, yeah. you, you will be a little bit embarrassed in years to come. But just get going. You know, 100%. Now,
0: um, aside from all things coaching, one thing I like to ask all the guests that come on board, um, just that pertains to your own life, is just what what is or has been the biggest lesson in life that you have learned. And from that sort of lesson, is there any advice that you would give for anyone out there listening?
1: Yeah, I I would say the biggest thing for me, um, not necessarily like a single moment or occasion, um, but more generally like a time in my life was serving in in Afghan for eight months with like a specialist unit that got to go out and do operations, etc. That for me was pivotal in my adult life because it gave me one of the most invaluable tools that you can hope to have, which is perspective and context. And I think, um, you know, a lot of the decisions that we make in life that are potentially uncomfortable that ultimately push us forwards rely heavily on your perspective and and having, you know, something to compare by. So when I'm making a tough decision, whatever that might be, I've always got that as a reference point. And if that was pretty shit, which it was, then, you know, this can't be that bad sort of thing. So I guess the advice from that is, to kind of embrace uncomfort and it's something that i preach a lot to my clients is go to a place where you're uncomfortable and stay there for as long as you can in a controlled way um, and you'll come out the other end a little bit stronger for it so face it head on if it seems uncomfortable it's probably a good experience go for it don't be stupid obviously but you know if you want to get up on a sunday morning and run 18 miles unprepared then fucking do it i was going to say
0: how was your legs feeling from that anyway
1: my legs are all right, man. It's my foot. I've done something to my foot, but other than that, yeah, it's all good.
0: Nightmare, but me. I think what you just said there, hundred um, percent right. And there's not many people that could. I mean, I can't sit here and relate to to what you went through and and going to Afghanistan. I think it's unbelievable what you what you what you've done for your country, but um, it certainly gives you a different outlook on life and one i think that's probably invaluable that many yep. won't have now that yeah. being said there's maybe some people out there that want to get to know you a bit more than to want to reach out um you know could you let them know where they can get in touch with you on instagram website stuff like that
1: yeah so cheers for that i appreciate that my my instagram is conditioned by carson we spell condition with a k and funny story on that, just very quickly, Condition with a K is basically fitness in Swedish. Who knew? Oh. Um, so it's conditioned by Carson with a K. That's my Instagram handle. My coaching website for, you know, like physique coaching is um, conditioncoaching.com. And the mentoring for the personal trainers is superchargefitpro.com.
0: Fantastic, dude. Um, and before, before we go, I think that I'll speak for, for me and all the listeners, especially all the aspiring coaches or the coaches that are in their sort of first one, three years, whatever, um, massive thank you for for coming on, dude. Um, Hugely appreciate it. And and we all wish you success in in the near future, in the long future. Um, So, yeah, thanks for that, mate. Much appreciated.
1: No, dude, thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: Anytime. Now, for anyone out there listening, uh, whether the gyms are open where you are um, or not by the time you listen to this, um, I think I speak for both me and Ollie when I say give it the beans.